Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton. And who is dreaming with me tonight? Hey, everybody. It's everyone's favorite hairy dog, Kenneth Sanity. What's <laughs> good? And it's uh, Chris Dobson, and I don't have a clever quote. <laughs> and welcome back, and you are here to join us for another Sandman arc. Been now with us for two of the five. So, welcome. We're, I think, yeah, this is five. <laughs> We're here to talk about Sandman, a game of you, also known as Volume 5, which is issues 32 <laughs> through 37. And I have never read this before. <laughs> so, I've been trying to, trying to make myself finally read Sandman because I'm like, I really should read this damn book. And it's, it's taken a while, y'all. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> four was, yeah, because four was like November, December, we did four. We're currently recording this in April of 2023. So, yeah, it, it take, and not as bad as it was. It took us two years to go from one to two, and then about a year to go to three, and then four was shortly after that, and then six months for five. Yeah, okay, I'm getting there. I'm trying. You will see a link in the show notes if you want to get caught up on all our Sandman content. You can go listen to the other comic episodes right in the show notes. Or you can go on Podbean and just search Sandman and find all the episodes and get caught up. Or if you already know, you don't care, then just listen to this one and enjoy yourself. But <laughs> So, uh, Chris, I'm pretty sure you read all read this before, right? Yes. Like a long time ago. Yes, I read all of these in college. <laughs> and Ken, I know you're familiar with the arc also. Yeah, I, um, I read all of these every couple of years. Like, it really is one of the best stories ever put into comic form. Hey, I actually own this. I read it on my tablet, but I actually own a hard copy of one through seven so far. Good. Because this is one book that I'm like, I should own this damn book. So, yep. I don't do anything else that I read on this show, but this is the one that I'm like, I'm going to buy the whole series and have it on a shelf. I mean, if any listeners want to save some money, every library in the United States has a copy of the Sandman. (laughs) Pretty much. The way I'm reading on a tablet, I'm saving money, too. It just has some really stupid ads I have to close sometimes. That's all. If it's not not in, like, a teens or graphic novel section, it's 741.5 nonfiction. (laughs) I mean, when I was a kid, like, I was like, I read everything on, on that number. So I, I, so it's been a little bit since we read Sandman. Like when this book first started out, I had no fucking idea what's going on at all. Like you just have a white, you just see like a white background and people talking, a dead guy holding a parchment. And I'm like, and these multiple characters just talking. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I'm so confused. And I know that's what it's going for. Did you at least read the intro? No. I don't I didn't have an intro. Uh... Because the tablet I'm reading is just a essentially a scan of the comic um, of the actual issues. I wasn't reading a trade version. So there was, it just, the, the intro essentially, well, the first page is just says the land and then it has people talking. Okay. Well, there's a really good intro in the trade copy that so really goes in depth into a lot of the themes and everything. Well, see, so to be fair, when I, we did the last one, I still had a lamp that worked next to my bed. So when I would lay in bed, I would read, but then a certain four-legged kitten with a tail decided I didn't need a lamp anymore and broke it. And I haven't bothered to replace it. So uh, I use a tablet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I didn't. <laughs> and you have cats, too. You know you know how they are. Yeah, I do. I kick them out of my bedroom <laughs> so they don't <laughs> knock over my lamp. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what I should have done. But yeah, my lamp. Was, so yeah, I didn't read the trade, but okay. No, I'm curious now. But for those of us who aren't reading the trade... We just kind of go right into the book. It's a winter mountainous landscape. As Mike said, there's a um, 
More than likely dead gentleman, uh, ribcage exposed, holding a very high fantasy looking scroll and a cave, a dark cave. And it beckons ever beckons. And just like they say names of characters and they say words, but nothing meant anything to me. They say porcupine or pork and pine, pork and pen time. Porpentine. Porpentine. Wow. I really butchered that word, huh? (laughs) Porpentine. Like, they say Pernado. It wasn't until finally they say Martin Tenbones. I'm like, ah, oh, I know that name. Yeah, that's a name. Oh, good old <laughs> Martin Tenbones. <laughs> and I want to say, you guys said a long time ago, you're like, some of this will be important later on. You're like, Martin Tenbones will be important. I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Martin <laughs> Tenbones is important. Almost two years later, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only my wife would listen to this episode. <laughs> You can try, but I don't think it's going to work. Huh? No. <laughs> but I was just I was just surprised. Like, I mean, that's one thing that's so interesting about Sandman is that it's such a, you know, it, it's not like this whole book has like almost very little to do with Morpheus. Like he's in a couple. He's in here and there, but he's not. He is not a main character at all in this in this art. I would argue this book has more to do with the dreaming than it does with Morpheus. Yes. But. Morpheus is, you know, throughout the book, everything that we're being introduced to, everybody that we've talked to, have all been affected by him in some way. That's fair. Like Thessaly, Hazel and Fox, other characters that I'm sure we'll get to. But everybody's been touched by Morpheus in some way. And it's this is just it's fleshing out the story more and it gets to some really important things that... We'll touch on as we get there. I don't want to okay. throw the cart yeah, no, in front of the horse here, but because uh, I, I there are things that made more sense about what the porpentine porpentine. I don't know why I can't say that word. <laughs> uh, it makes more sense. I now understand what that stone is that she had. Yes, I did not under it did not put two and two. To, well, yeah, it wasn't until YouTube said this is what it, I went. Oh, that makes sense. So I was just very very confused, and then all of a sudden it starts off says New York slaughter on Fifth Avenue. And it just shows Barbie from Arc 2, the dollhouse, just sleeping. Oh, yeah. Barbie's seen better days. <laughs> oh, God, yes. She's very interesting in this, too, because if I... It's been a while since I read two. <laughs> year and a half. Or no more. Uh, yeah, year and a half. I mean, I feel like she was... When they when they do show her, she's much more... Like, her, well, her life was different. She was more... Like, it didn't show her more as disheveled as it does in here. Oh, no. Disheveled. No, she was still married to Ken at that point. Right. I still find it funny. Barbie and Ken. Still yeah. This has been a, a, big, <laughs> a, a big week for Barbie because the, the trailer just dropped. So I, it was hard for me to not picture Margot Robbie playing this character. I'm okay. I'd be okay with it. It could work. <sighs> mm, I wouldn't want Margot Robbie. I'd want Samara Weaving. Well, don't worry. We won't, I'm pretty sure you won't get Margot Robbie. <laughs> Wait, who they who played? They didn't have Barbie in the in the in the Netflix adaptation, did they? I'm pretty sure they did. I can't even remember. I watched it. I don't okay. remember. <laughs> But then you, you see Barbie, she answers the door, and you have another character come to that greets her, Wanda. And I kind of, I was like, right when I saw the way they drew her, I'm like, they're going for, I kind of could tell what they were going for. And I think it, well, this is like, what, 89? No, this is later than that. This yeah, is we're in the 90s, 90, 91. Yeah, 91, 92-ish. So this is, I, I feel like, pretty you know, progressive for 91. Yeah. You might even say transgressive. Fuck out of here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, Lily Travers played Barbie in the Sandman Netflix show. Oh, okay. I should watch that again. Yes. 
Everybody should watch that again. I should finish that. I, I'm bad at finishing Netflix shows. Not All right, everybody, if you're listening, this is good old, good old Uncle Ken here telling you, go watch The Sandman on Netflix. It's been renewed. We were getting a season two, but we need more seasons. So <laughs> go watch it now. Watch the new one when it comes out. Do us all a favor. Give us more things to cover. But like right away, I, I noticed that I, when I saw one, I'm like, okay, they're, well, maybe I've been watching way too much RuPaul's Drag Race. But I was like, either they're going for drag here or they're going for transgender. And like I could, I could tell right away just by the way they drew, you know, the character. I'm like, that's what they're going for. Oh yeah. Oh, it was just, and I found it interesting. I mean, that's that's cool. They have that in here, in a, you know, on a comic from '91, and is not played as a joke. Is not played, you know, it's played as a serious role to kind of show you like what this person is going through. You know, and I, I liked it. I thought they did a good job with it in here. And I think that, you know, Wanda really represents a big theme throughout this movie is that there's what everybody assumes is reality and there's personal reality. There is what your truth is as reality. And, you know, Wanda is absolutely a woman. No doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and it's cool that they have that and they do a good job of really playing on it as his arc goes on. And not, again, it's never a joke. It's never an yeah. insult. It's never a villain. It's nice. It's a nice change, especially for 91. Yes. Be I mean, there's a couple of times it, it's sort of a sight gag joke. But yeah, it's not. It's a real person. It's not a, you know, like you were saying, it's not just a drag performance where it's just like, it's like, oh, this is so over the top. It's supposed to be funny. Like, they're a little over the top. But she's like, just that her personality is very extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very New York queer 90s. <laughs> that's very, I'm, I assume that's very fair. Yeah. And it's just like, I was also confused because the whole thing is like, oh, she wants coffee. Okay, well, she wants milk in her coffee. She doesn't have any milk. Let's go introduce all the people that live in this building while we're trying to find milk. Yep, super easy. That's the best way to do it. Run <laughs> out mean, of cream, have people go find it. Simple, like, I, you know, a couple little things. Like, you get introduced to Thessaly, one of the people living in this apartment that I thought nothing about, did not expect anywhere where that was going to go. And then you also get introduced to a lesbian couple. What the hell were their names? Hazel and Foxglove. Hazel and Foxglove, yes. And I did not, I would not have caught this, even though I read the damn book and there's a reference to it. Foxglove is the girlfriend that broke, that was with her girlfriend. Her girlfriend was at the diner the day that Dr. Destiny walks in. Yes. Yep. Fucking so that, shit. Yeah, I would not have, that would have went completely, that went completely right over me. I'm watching the YouTube videos like, oh, this is, I'm like, what? I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, that is fucking cool. Little thing, but it's nice to see. I like how things connect. Yeah. And, and this again, is they, like, this is very similar to how they started a doll's house, where it's like, here's Barbie and Ken. Here's this person. Here's this person. Yeah, here's Hal. Here's the odd gothy sisters that live up in the attic. The spider people. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And so finally there's, so there's Hazel and Foxglove, then there's George, who is, the like serial killer looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> he really does look like the serial killer type guy. I mean, he doesn't say anything when they walk by. Like he just looks like some something's wrong. He looks like he was at the convention. Yes. The serial convention. God, I love that arc. Uh, so good. It was just cool. And then like I you know, with like the way they do the lesbian couple, like you can tell one is very butch, but again, it's not played for laughs. It's not played for Anything like that, it's just, you know, it just works for the story, and it's nice to see again. And that's one thing that I've always appreciated about Neil Gaiman's writing, is that his characters, 
are characters. They're not outlines. They're fully alive in the confines of the story. You know, you know people like that. They act like real people. And it's just, it's one of the best things that this entire comic series has going for it. Even Morpheus in his other worldliness is personable. Yeah. Well, and it's such a, like, you know, I've read a million superhero comics and it's like Sean McManus, who does the art for all but one of these issues, does such a great job. And and, uh, so I want to give them credit as well. But like when uh, Wanda is like meeting these other characters, you immediately get the sense because I feel like everybody, you know, if you took the mask off of Captain America and stood him next to Hawkeye, I'd be like, okay, these are the exact same guy. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're six foot two, blonde haired, blue eyed guys. (laughs) Yes. But like Wanda, like, you know, if she's standing next to Foxglove, you're like, okay. So Fox Club is is like, you know, maybe five foot three or something like that. So she's like a head taller than her. Um, you know, George is like, you know, uh, also pretty short and has a terrible posture. And so you get the sense of like all these characters are like different sizes and shapes and are not just the like, OK, well, everybody looks like this. Everybody has the exact same face. And I mean, speaking of faces, <laughs> the next time that you see Barbie, she has she did half her makeup with a checkerboard on her face. And this really confused me when I first saw it. I was like, I didn't understand what they were going for. So, but it was, I liked it. I have a theory about that. And it kind of plays out toward the end of the book. But after the breakup with Ken, Barbie is just kind of cast about, has no idea who she is, doesn't know what she's supposed to be doing, isn't dreaming anymore. And the face painting is just a different way to try on a new identity just for the day to be somebody else to kind of just live in a skin other than yours, especially when you're not comfortable with your skin Yeah, because some weird fucking shit happened to you. Yo, (laughs) I also wonder, and again, maybe it's just because I just saw the, you know, Margot Robbie, you know, trailer and they had all the different, you know, kinds of Barbie. (laughs) And I wonder if it isn't like, she's just kind of this blank canvas where, you know, get Barbie a makeover, give her a haircut, you know, where she's just, because again, you know, I was talking about how everybody else has a different sort of body. Like she is the like superhero, you know, she has that traditional look of a blank slate. And so she's like trying to be interesting in a way, you know, where everyone notices her as like a punk chick, where if she just looked normal, they would just be like, oh, she's just like a generic, attractive person. Yeah, I, and that I, very well could be. And then that look would get my attention immediately. <laughs> Someone walked around with a half checkered face. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I really like that. I'm like, this is cool. I like the way she she does her makeup in this. Again, I think I've been watching with RuPaul lately because that's what I was thinking of too. Like, okay, you're going to hear that multiple times throughout this episode, by the way. So. Yeah, it, it definitely felt more like an 80s punk like style. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought it was, you know, again, it's a credit to uh, McManus because I think it would be really easy to just not understand what the art is doing. But I think they, you know, when she like rubs her face and the makeup comes off and like he, he does a great job with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it, you know, the point of it, too, kind of leads to what's going to happen later on. I, I felt, too, and they, they needed her to have be covered in makeup in order for the scenes they have coming to to have to work. And then you have a small page of just Morpheus or a couple pages where Morpheus is. Is he supposed to be in, in that same land or is it a different land that he's at? I didn't really understand what was happening here. No, he's just at like his you know, whatever. <laughs> Somewhere in the dream. Yeah, he's not in the land. He's okay. just hanging out, waiting I, for something okay. to happen. 
I was just very, very confused what was happening with Morpheus. So, okay. Yeah, he's just noticing that something strange is happening that, I mean, we'll <laughs> say what it is in a second here, but something <laughs> that doesn't usually happen is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then you get introduced to them being on the train, and I thought that was, like, when, I mean, I was very confused what they were going for. You have this, you have this ho- assuming be homeless lady who's terrified of dogs. And like, I didn't notice it, but like one of the, now that I'm looking back at this on a bigger screen, one of the drawings that they did is a guy reading a book or something with like a hook nose. And it's just, again, just the way they do that art, it's just, it's very well done. And like the way the lady just freaks out about the dog. I mean, I was thinking myself, okay, well, you know, she must, you know, had trauma with a dog or something. So she's terrified of dogs. It, kind of you get the you know they're going for that she's you know has some mental disability kind of thing and that's what they were you know and that the people are not treating her that way that's how i took it and this is this is also a chance to show that barbie is a very compassionate person she absolutely feels for this woman and wanda's just like ah you gotta grow a tougher skin everybody's crazy here you can't let them affect you but you know barbie is who she is she can't not care about this woman. Yeah, and it, it kind you know it also shows that the character has more of a heart than you would think. Well, one, I'm assuming New York in the '90s, from what I heard, was not the great. Well, I think it's what '80s or when New York really bad, right? Yeah, like late '80s, early '90s, things started to get cleaned up a bit. Yeah, okay, '70s. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like you know, and they kind of make that comment like, oh, you know, New York's full of crazies. But I also was surprised when she, when the, when the lady makes it all the way up the stairs. And all of a sudden, she's confronted with Martin Tenbones, a giant dog. And I'm like, that I didn't expect. <laughs> I'm curious now. Like, give me more. Yep, that's a big dog. Because <laughs> I was, I mean, like, you don't, I mean, you, again, in the salmon world, we have had other things come from the dreaming to real life, usually in forms of murdering people and taking their eyeballs. But this was a nice change. <laughs> this was the first time that an actual, one of the more fantastical denizens has crossed over from the dreaming into our world that doesn't look like the Corinthian or Fiddler's Green. Like, it just, it looks like a big fuck-off yeah. fantasy dog. And I like that they did that. And I like that the next panel that you see it after you see Wanda and Barbie walking at a cafe and walking around is that you just see Martin Tenbones all beat up and bloody because humans are doing what humans are going to do with something they don't understand, try to kill it. You know, like that fits what humans would do. He is he is having a hard time of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was, you know, very interesting to see. Like, I mean, just the way that they kind of like even before they introduce Barbie to Martin Tenbones again, like you just see them walking by cops freaking out, people running. And it's like that's handling how people would handle it. If all of a sudden they saw something that looked like a giant bear, like you see Martin Tenbones just get shot the fuck up in, in, a, in a couple panels, just murdered. <sighs> it makes you feel. Yeah. And like, I, like, I felt bad. I like his like uh high fantasy like narrative balloons and he doesn't really understand what's going on. And he's just like, I have to find the princess. And so it's it does make you feel because it's just like he is he is a dog. Like he is like loyal to the end where he's just like, I have to do this. Yeah, and I I mean that does well, that fits some dogs. My dog at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was just I, I, I also love the way they do the text. And then that's when he gives her the stone. And like, you can also see like her makeup because she's crying. Her makeup is all changed. And that to me, that felt like that's why he did the checkerboard was so he could have the, or the artist that I should say. So that way he could have the makeup then show the effect it has on her. When you see the makeup all ruined later. Yeah. Mm. And it's just, you're right. The art is so well done. Oh, 
Yeah, it's God. it's really it's a different style, and it's, I uh, uh, Colleen Doran does one issue as well. But yeah, McManus does such a good job because yeah, then we get introduced to the rest of the fantasy characters, and he does such a good job of drawing them in like a fantasy style, like completely cartoony. Uh, it's, it's it's so great. And none of the characters in the fantasy world. Let me see who do we got here. We got Luz, we got Prenado, and we got Wilkinson. None of them look alike. No, I not at all. <laughs> yeah, they all look like they're taken from somebody else's dream and just kind of smushed together. And there's a really good reason for that. <laughs> yes, which I did not see coming. Yeah, I mean, the only th- I, they all just sort of feel like they could be a you know Lewis Carroll to you know Wizard of Oz, like that era of fantasy, just like random characters. Where because it is like you have a what is what is he like a. a armadillo or some kind of rat wilkinson I, I think he's just a rat there's a rat a monkey he's a shrew a shrew okay isn't a shrew type of rat it's it's in the rodent family yeah yeah and they're okay. different in Redwall. i know that uh <laughs> and speaking of high fantasy like animals <sighs> but he's wearing like a like a 1920s like press outfit including he's got like a little press like a thing in his hat and then Luz has the uh like a what do you call that that you would wear with a tuxedo like it like the tail not the tails but the uh, i forget what that piece of clothing is called so it's a very like <laughs> 1910s style and then the monkey is wearing like a bellhop type outfit so it's like it it feels like it's a hundred years old it's very strange but that feeling of being lost in time is important right because you know they just been here they don't know what the actual outside world is moving on without them and they're they feel martin ten bones die specifically lose does yeah they feel him passing i thought that was interesting too to have that that sucks yeah huh and then wanda brings barbie home she goes to the room this is where you have his, his name is george right the weird guy yeah yeah where he actually Earlier, he doesn't say a word to Wanda. He just ignores her. But now he's like, oh, what's wrong with the what's wrong with the lady? Like now all of a sudden he cares. And she has like a, a small where she sees birds, but she thinks it's just a vision that she's hallucinating. But I think what she's seeing, what's really happening around the around the building is how I yeah. took it. Like now that she's holding the porpentine in her hand, like she is connected to dreamy stuff because it is ultimately a dream stuff. Yeah. And I was kind of shocked when all of a sudden you just see George pick up a bird and then eat the fucking bird. <laughs> I was and like, what the hell is going on? What the hell am I reading? Again, again such a such great art. I mean, it's completely wordless. You just see George, you know, panel two, a bird flies into his hand. Panel three, he's holding the bird. Panel four, he just opens his mouth. Panel five, the bird is all the way in. It's like, that's such <laughs> good storytelling. And then you have George looking at a full-size poster of Barbie. And grinning just like the damn Corinthian did. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I love the creepy. twist of this, but I love the, the twist coming after this even more. Oh, my God. I don't. OK, I think we should address this right now. <laughs> sure. A lot of people don't like this volume. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, yeah, most. I, 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 I think because it's the first few volumes. I mean, we talked about it. We touched on it. The dream is in it, but he's not the focus. I think that people don't like that. I think people also don't like that. It is almost exclusively focuses on non men. 
Yeah. And a, a big percentage of the comic book reading audience is like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> These are just women. If I wanted to see women talk, I'd go get some kind of My Little Pony thing. <laughs> and you know what? It's their fault. This is some quality storytelling. No, it, 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 you're right. It really is. I mean, but that, and that does make sense. And I think that's what the YouTube video was saying, too, is that, like, you know, this is, and I didn't really think about it, even though it makes that it, this is very, you know, female focused. Like, it didn't even, I didn't even think about it. I just read it and enjoyed it. I just thought it was really fucking dark a couple times and don't ever get on the bad side of a witch, apparently. So that's for sure. But, I mean, it's good. I mean, it, this was this was a violent arc, too. I don't know. I said they're all violent, arc, I, I guess, to really put it. But, I don't know, this issue, the second issue of the arc where you kind of see Barbara, where this is when, this when, um, what the hell's her name? Hazel. Hazel comes in and tells her that she's pregnant, yep. I think. Okay. I thought this was, this was kind of a, a very important part to kind of, like, you know, kind of, it goes along with how men deceive people, or all people deceive, but like how this, how a man deceived her because she isn't, you know, because she had only been women. And I also thought about our education system in general probably doesn't like to teach sex, sex, sex education. Just practice absence, everybody. Yeah, practice absence. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, because she's like, well, I can't get pregnant. We we did it. We did standing up or something. I'm like, well, yeah, not how that works. <laughs> not even kind of. So I, but- I thought that was, it's very interesting. And this article also, again, goes another way to show that Barbie is just a good person who just wants to be helpful. She didn't have to let Hazel in, but like she's sitting there talking to her, reassuring her, identifying with shared experiences like she just she wants the best for the people around her. I think that's what, like, you know, when you, in Dollhouse, you only see Barbie for a little bit. You don't think much about her, but in this, you really get to know her and are connected more with her. Yeah. And, like, the most annoying thing about Dollhouse is that Barbie doesn't really have an identity except when she's dreaming, when she's Princess Barbara. Like, when she's with Ken, she's just muted. Her identity doesn't exist other than Ken's wife or girlfriend, whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, again, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but I, my <laughs> theory that the face painting is to like be more interesting. I think that is borne out by what happens, you know, right after she, after Hazel leaves where the TV calls her boring, mm-hmm. <laughs> where there's just like, there's nothing to you. You're a boring person. David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I also found it was like another weird connection, but it's cool to have more connections when Barbie's watching TV and falls asleep. You have the, Elf from what is it? Arc three, right? Can't remember what it's called now. Was it three? Was it? She, she's from the Shakespeare I, stuff. No, she was. She was the one that got left behind at when they were trying to get the uh, the key to uh, hell. Yeah, the key to hell. Oh, so arc 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 four. Never mind. Right, yeah. and then at the end, yeah, that was. And then at the end, he's like, "You don't have to look like that anymore." And then she looks like this with her okay. big ears. God, it's been a. I really need to read these faster. <laughs> Okay, I, okay, for season to miss. Now I know what you're talking about, but that was cool. Yeah. Again, another throwback to another to a previous art. I, I like that. And then this is where she finally dreamed for the first time, which I'm assuming is because of the stone, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, In and the also same... the birds are having an effect on her dreams too. Yeah. Okay. This this was another creepy ass scene. You see George in his in his room. And he cuts open his chest and just has birds inside his ribcage and they just fly out. Well, he ate the birds last chapter. They got to go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, but this was I was like, what the fuck? What the flock you mean? (laughs) Good one. Good one. Animal Crossing would be proud. I'm sure they would. And then this is when they all start having nightmares. And I 
I thought this was really like cool. Like Wanda's nightmares where she sees herself as a man, but she sees a bizarro version, you know, essentially looks like it looks like Superman, you know, but bizarro and, you know, saying is weird. So, and saying how she should have the surgery because she's pre-op and it's very interesting. Like, I was like, I'm like, this is, this is dark. It's yeah, really it's, dark. It's so absurd too. It's like she admitted in the last issue that she had like this sort of awakening experience to their world's equivalent of Bizarro, like a Silver Age comic. And so this is like a character that she had like a crush on. That's like, we're all right, we're going to make you a woman. <laughs> you will say, weirdo, you think you cut it off, get lost. That's a good thing in their Bizarro world. <laughs> It's just weird. I mean, and then you all of a sudden you see one of the birds is sitting on her while she's having this nightmare. And then you see the the other two women and the one that's pregnant is having has a demon baby that comes out, kills another baby. Like, oh, Jesus, God, that was the I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, man. Yeah, that's, like uh, it, this is a horror comic. I will yeah, stick with that. Some of the issues aren't so bad, but some are fucking horror issues. Little drawing of a changeling. True story. True story. (laughs) Oh, and then I forget what is oh Foxglove's dream. That's where she sees the woman that died at the at the cafe. Yeah, which did not. I mean, none of it clicked to me. So yeah, the only thing that's confusing, and not to blame anybody, but I think it's the coloring. She looks too much like death. Where it's not death. It's just you know her ex as a ghost. But because she's a ghost, she's like super pale and, and white and you don't see her eyes. And it's like, OK, I guess you do see death's eyes because she's got the little ink symbol. Yeah, she but, looks more like Morpheus in this, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But you're just I, like, is this one of the endless? And it's like, no, it's just a ghost. Oh, it's just very weird. And then again, this book is even more weird when Thessaly is about trying to is sleeping. The bird comes up. She grabs the bird, kills the bird. I'm like, OK, that's strange, but all right. And then she lights the bird on fire in her hands. I'm like, well, that's that's not normal. Yeah, that like I said, that's the twist. I was like, as much as I like the George twist, I love she just catches that bird. And again, all visual panel one catches the bird and you see the bird's face. Panel two bird is smashed to death against the wall. Panel three and four. <laughs> she's holding a dead bird. Panel five. The bird is on fire. All all visual. Like, it's so good. And then she goes to his his apartment, knocks on the door and. Uh, she like has a knife behind her, and you just see you know, y'all like, "Hey, can I come in?" Thessaly's <laughs> great. She's not yeah. to be messed with. I love Thessaly; just the best. <laughs> oh, it gets worse next issue, and just kind of, and then you have Barbie goes to the land. She meets the three weird animals, and the way they talk, I mean, because their font, their font was hard to read on a, on a tablet when it wasn't uh, not a very big tablet either. I will say that. <laughs> I had, a, I had to like zoom in a few a lot of times, and they keep talking about the cuckoo. They mentioned the cuckoo. Multiple characters mentioned the cuckoo. And I was very, very confused because I don't remember what Martin Tenbones was talking about back in Dollhouse. If they were, if there was an enemy, I don't think it was the cuckoo then, but I can't remember anything from that. Art. I don't remember if they sp- I specifically named the cuckoo or if they just said they needed to get the porpentine and blah blah blah. Yeah, I don't believe they mentioned the cuckoo. Okay, I don't. Maybe it wasn't there yet because. Maybe it's more the idea that Cuckoo shows up because of the fact that she's been gone from the dreams. I think, well, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> and then she, they start off on their journey where Barbie's in the dream, and then it kicks, and then that kicks us to the next issue. This is when things started to get really fucking weird to me, like way more weird than I was expecting. Oh, now. 
<laughs> oh, now it's weird. Okay, got it. It was already I mean, weird, but this is when it gets way worse. After the ribcage bird got set on fire, I was like, things are starting to get weird. The face. The face is what did it for me. <laughs> That's where I was like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> <laughs> well, this issue starts off with you have the the, the, the lesbian couple in bed, uh, Donna and Fox Hazel. Love. Yeah, Fox, Fox Love. Oh, yeah, her name's Donna, but Fox Love and Hazel in bed. And again, it... it I thought it was it does it good. I think this is because they both have the nightmares. And I think this is when she does she tell her she's pregnant or no, not yet. No, not, not yet. yet. Yeah, they find out later. And this is this is Colleen Doran's art. And so they actually change artists. I think she does. A, I mean, for being kind of a fill in because she's the only it's the only issue she does of this art. Her art's great. And then you can see I, I mean, I don't know if she looked at McManus's art, but like everything is so consistent that it doesn't really you're, you know, sometimes one issue of being different you're like okay i'm throwing off who's who but like i feel like you you kind of get a sense of all the characters right away they kind of have like more of a realistic look to them but yeah also very clean yeah i mean colleen doran's art is amazing she's still she uh still working with neil gaiman she had a book that came out last year she's her art is is great so yeah, she's and she's done some other stuff on Sandman. This is just the one issue in this arc. Yeah, and it's Vesely another one. is throwing some real big Jan Brady vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's another part like when this in, when this opens up, you have nudity, but you have nudity that's not sexy. <coughs> nice. We were talking me and Ken went this in depth when under the skin, and it's, it, I I like it when art has nudity where it fits, and this is another spot where it fits. To kind of show the vulnerability of the characters because they were sleeping and they woke up from freaking nightmares with birds. And I thought it worked well as they all go. And then Thessaly comes down to, to get them. And then they yeah they go with Thessaly. They get Wanda. Is this when Thessaly makes the... Okay, no, that's later. And that's when they're trying to wake up. Yeah, Wanda's, you know, suffering from the nightmares. Nightmares are terrible, man. I, I got to say that. I have, I've had nightmares myself and it's not... I do not like... They're not fun. <laughs> no birds involved i'm pretty sure but yeah yeah that's it's happened the birds show up uh, and then i just eat them i just that uh, that clears it right up <laughs> it's calm. i mean that's how it goes right we've all had it it happens uh it, it just and then, then they go to barbie's room this is when they find her laying on the bed with the stone and she like she's essentially what in a coma right essentially essentially and I didn't realize that even though I should have, when the stone is glowing, this is the I think I, the same stone Doctor Destiny had. Like none of that clip for the same type of stone, not the same stone, but not not the same stone, but the same type. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't click that. That's what it was a reference to that again. I will say this: this book just layers upon layers upon layers. All of them do. And I love how matter of fact Vesely slash Jane is when it comes to. She's like, oh yeah, George. He's take. He's in the bathtub. Best place to put him. I killed him. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "You're joking, right?" They're like, he's like, "No, go look." And you just you just see a panel of him just laying in the bed in the bathtub with a knife in him, and he looks rather surprised to be there. <laughs> oh, it, that that didn't bother me too bad. It was when they cut off his face. <laughs> oh, that's when I I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like you just she. I think is this when she when she makes the comment where she needs menstrual blood in order to um, do what they're going to do. Shortly after that's, she nails a, the face to the wall. Yeah, that's after okay. she talks to the face. But like, just like you see a couple panels of her just taking a box cutter, cutting the guy's face, explaining how she's doing it. I'm just like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> and she I didn't ex- so calmly. Yeah, yeah, I love again this. This is you know we talked. I talked about McManus's art where it's wordless. Here it's like you, her face. She's just this like 
cute sort of bookish you know look as she's just like matter of factly like you guys can't tell anyone you can't go anywhere like you have to help me do this because now i'm gonna go tear his face off and you're like like sorry what (laughs) and she's like yeah you can't leave now (laughs) (laughs) and like then you see her nailing the face to the wall and she's uh twisted like the joker (laughs) <laughs> this is way worse than what the Joker does when he cuts off his face and all that weird shit. Like, this is a hundred times worse than that comic card, which I did uh, on the show a long time ago. I made to differ, but okay. This, <laughs> this hit no. me harder. Maybe because it's a woman doing it nonchalantly and not a psychopath killer Joker. I mean, she could be a psychopath killer. I don't know, but it hit me differently. And then when she bites his fucking tongue out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else are you going to do it? Just cut it She's out. got a knife. Yeah, but that. It's not the same. <laughs> and she nailed his eyeballs to his face, too, on the wall. Oh, they didn't have command hooks back then, Mike. <sighs> <sighs> That's true. They're probably renting. <laughs> yeah, so I'll put some nails in. What does it matter? <laughs> well, nails you can fix. Just spackle it up. <laughs> Wash the wall, throw some spackle. There was never a face nailed there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if apartment buildings have to tell you where someone died in an apartment when they rent it out to you or not. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> matter. I don't think uh, in New York, I highly doubt there's a rule. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, she nails his face back to the wall and is like, George, I need to talk to you. And his again, I love the letterer. You know, the letter does a good job with the high fantasy stuff of everybody having, you know, Luz and, and all of them having their own little text boxes. But I love just how desiccated he sounds. <laughs> As like later, he's constantly like stuttering, which I just picture him just like, you know, I just think uh, imagine his voice of sort of air escaping is like all that's coming out. Where it's just like, who dares call me back from the high shore where it's just <laughs> it's just air escaping like it's not there's no voice. Yeah, I love that idea. That's such a good idea. <laughs> uh, and I think this is when she's trying to figure out like what's going on with. Uh, Barbie, or is she just trying to get, or is she just trying to figure out that why, who, who tried to kill her? Is that what it was too? Right. right. Okay. She's trying to figure like, out what's going on. Like, who are you? Why are you messing with us? Why are you messing with Barbie? She's just pissed that somebody tried to mess with her. Right. Yeah. I don't think she, yeah, she doesn't really care about Barbie, right? Well, right. she only kinda. knows that Barbie is key to whatever this guy's plan was. Like the poster was a dead giveaway. So, you know, Hey, don't get posters next time, you know? <laughs> And then just, she checked on everyone else, and everyone else had nightmares. Barbie in a enchanted sleep, kind of a giveaway. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is when she gets the bowl out and says, "We need to go to the dream world." And then she's like, just nonchalantly says, "Wanda's a man. Uh, she's Hazel's pregnant." So it's like, yeah, that's that's how you that's how you tell your you know just just spot it out to somebody. Oh yeah, but that's Which, the thing about this. Yeah, which, I mean, I understand, and we'll talk about it, I guess, at the end. So, and I, none of us, to the best of my knowledge, are trans, right? No. But I know that some people don't like you know, that, you know, Thessaly does this. But Thessaly is not coded to be correct in doing this. She is just a, like, matter-of-fact, you know, person who is just like, look, I need this. I don't have time to talk about it. Only I mean, one of you can give me what I need. She just nailed a fucking face to the wall. Yeah. So you, I mean, you know. this is, I mean, right there, you already set the, you set the, 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 the tone of this character is psychopath. Like I'm okay. She's not using the right pronoun because fucking nail the face to the wall. Like she's not, yeah. you know, she's not, yeah, she, she's not she's good. Got problems. 
She's like, one of you is useful to me. The rest of you, not useful. So. Yeah, it's not meant as an insult. It's not meant to, like, joke at the character. So I, I thought, I mean, again, 91, like, I mean, I don't remember 91, but I, I know when I was in middle school, or in 87, do the math, I don't want to. I mean, I remember people calling, you know, the joke was always, oh, you're gay, hoo-hoo. Like, you know, that was the insult of the, of the day when we were all stupid teenagers or, you know, young young kids. And I'm like, you know, so it's nice to see it's not, it's not as a joke. And I, I just want to keep emphasizing that because I, I appreciate that a lot, that they didn't do that with these characters. Right. And, and again, I think they didn't do it here either. I think it's a good piece of uh, storytelling that we already know as as the reader that one of the characters is pregnant. Because then when she, when she matter of fact, is like, well, you're pregnant. Like that is, it's not a reveal to us, but it's like, she knows all this. Like she's three yeah. steps ahead, even of yeah. us. Like this is, this is how we know that Thessaly has power. <laughs> yeah. And like the whole idea of the moon's road. I mean, it, 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 I thought that was interesting too. It was just, and then she even make, I think she make a comment like, you know, it's going to, we need to enter the dream, but it's going to, there's going to be issues. Like she's aware what is going to happen by them doing this. And she doesn't give a shit. Mm. Because, like, I'm assuming she's well aware she's going to cause a gigantic storm to happen. Uh, kinda, but no, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the important thing is she's going to get revenge on this cuckoo that's messing with, or that tried to mess with her once. Yeah, like, Thessaly was warned back in the day. She's also a lot older than you think she is, I, I noticed, too. So. Oh, you have no Yeah, I have no idea. idea. I just, because I... Sandman's another one of those things where I don't read anything about Sandman versus what we talk about on the show, that arc. I I stay away from spoilers because, yeah. Well, I can say that this is not the last you'll see of this. Okay. And it's a Greek name, which is kind of a clue. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think about that, but okay, that makes sense. Like in in the last issue, when someone's like, isn't that a place somewhere? In Greece or Europe somewhere, and it's like, yes, yes, it is. So, yeah, she, when when someone is like, isn't that like new age? And she's like, new? No. <laughs> Not kind of. Pretty old, actually. Oh, and then like, then they go in, then they go in the dream, but they leave Wanda behind. I'm assuming because it's only only women can go in this. That's what I'm assuming. <sighs> or they need to leave Wanda behind to watch Barbie. Well, a little bit of both. Like, okay. pragmatically, yes, Wanda can't go. Because look at the history of witchcraft. Look at all the yeah. persecution. Uh, typically, you know, female practitioners are going to be more closely bonded. The moon is the more feminine of the sky the orbs. Yeah, that's a term. Sky orbs. Good job, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. But... <laughs> But, like, it is traditionally a more feminine-associated thing. And, you know, it it sucks for Wanda. But at the same time, you know, I I can't stop my story. Right. They also needed to put a character with Barbie. And for where this art goes in the end, they needed Wanda to be in reality, not in the dream world. Yeah. And you have a small scene where you see um, the lady from earlier that was scared of dogs notices something's wrong with the moon or something. Mm-hmm. And then you have, then the face starts talking to Wanda at the very end. Oh, uh, can we talk? <laughs> and I was like, come on, damn you damn face. Just go away. <laughs> <sighs> Fucking George. You got to do the voice. Can we uh, talk? 
No, if you're going to do that, you got to do it like Joan Rivers did. Can we talk? Like, you, you got to get that big brassy thing. I'd going. either be out the door or I'd have <laughs> gloves on, taking that fucking face right off and putting the garbage and throwing it and getting rid of it. I would not be okay. What I don't understand is how he can make sounds. Like, his tongue's just flapping around. He's <laughs> dead. <laughs> and his face talks. He's this also not. Yeah, he's also not human either. I'm I assuming. guess. I guess. Yeah. I'm just like I'm thinking of the acoustically. How is his his? How is he making these sounds? Magic. Magic. Yeah, magic doesn't. It, magic can put sound in your you know in your brain, but it, you know is he physically making a sound in the space? But anyway, that's that's the important questions. So I can't be the only one that thought this. So in the in the next issue, uh, thirty five, when you're introduced to Barbie and her group. Uh, crossing across these mountains, they're, they're cro- crossing. They're crossing against mountains, and I think they make a comment like, "Yeah, this is the most risky part of the the journey. Risky, not dangerous. Risky. There's no cover on the plane. If the black guard spots us, that's it. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to run." Two things came to mind. One, nowhere to go. Nowhere to run. I thought of Final Fantasy VI, Phantom Train. But the more important one is I thought of Lord of the Ring. That oh, when yeah. they're crossing the mountains yeah. and they're you know they can be seen by Saruman, and that's what I thought of. Oh yeah, no. This is definitely the path of the pass of uh, Karatas, I think was that the place. I mean, that's what were, I mean, you, you know what I'm thinking about. I don't remember the name. Yeah, they were crossing there, and then it was too crazy, too much snow, and Saruman. Yeah, and then they were like, "Ah, fuck it, the mines of Moria." I guess <laughs> nothing, nothing terrible will happen there. <laughs> One of our characters will get leveled up and take all the experience for himself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think is, and you don't have to like be an expert or anything, but one of the things that I think helps to have at least a passing understanding of is like uh, the idea, the concept of the collective unconscious. Because I do feel like, you know, Gaiman is, is at least in this story, is saying kind of like everybody has this sort of high fantasy world that is, you know, and, and you can, you know, it's Lord of the Rings, it's uh, Wizard of Oz, it's uh, Alice in Wonderland. It's like, it's, you know, it's what would later Joseph Campbell would call the hero's journey uh, later, where it's like Campbell's theory is that everybody had access to sort of a shared memory the same way, you know, cats have shared memories of like how to knock over uh, lamps. <laughs> or amiibos. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah, that humans all have a shared mythology that we're sort of distantly aware of. And that's kind of like what this is, I, I feel like, kind of communicating she is in this land, but she's like, she didn't make it all. Like, she's just in it. I agree with that. And it's the same way. Like, it's, you know, just the, the idea that Oz is like a real place that Dorothy goes to. Barbie is just here. Okay. And, like, just the way that, you know, these random animals that are following her, that's kind of what I was thinking of, too. Is it Well, it also made me think of Lord of the Rings, you know. You'd have these random companions of different race of different races. Except in this yep. case, they're animals. Yeah, or like I said, Wizard of Oz. You've got yeah. a lion, a scarecrow, and a tin man. Just, That's probably uh, more accurate than what I'm saying. Yeah, just as silly. Uh, we, I mean, we picture the you know the people in costumes, but the book. I assume they wanted you to think of the actual things. Yeah, not yeah. random people in costumes. <laughs> and this is when they they come across a dead body you saw in the first issue holding the parchment, and it's just like my God, I, I don't know. This also gr- kind of like grossed me out a little bit too, where you know she just finds a dead guy holding the parchment that makes no sense. Well, he died bringing it to her. Yeah, he it, brought it to her finally. It's important. This also made me think a lot of Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. Yeah. And Never Ending Story. Yep, which are all, I mean, you know, Never Ending Story is, what, 70s? But it's it's in that genre of, yeah. you know. This is fantasy, the world ending type of thing. It just, it all kind of 
hit that for me and it made me think of that that type of fiction for some reason or those right. particular fictions right and again it's like people people sort of became aware of the trope uh when george lucas like self-consciously was using um joseph campbell as like a inspiration for like this is how we're going to do the hero's journey we're gonna like make it like hero's journeys usually are but yeah this is she's She's had all these other adventures and yeah, now she's doing this sort of hero's journey thing. And they literally just have the scene from um, with the Nazgul where they're like <laughs> six feet away. Like it's just that scene where they just march right past and they're so close. She's like, I could reach out and touch them. Okay, I didn't put, put two and two together that. Yeah, there's kind of reference in Nazgul. Oh, big time. That's cool. And the coolest thing is that this came out, you know, before the movies did. And yeah. yet still visually has so much similarities. Yeah. Well, they had already done that animated movie, but this is oh, yeah. before. Yeah. Before there were good adaptations. <laughs> of oh, it's just also this also really made me think of like, I want to say Dark Crystal had the giant black beetles that are hunting the, the characters. And that's what they made me think of that they're hiding in the snow. And the, and the parchment that she opens up has pictures of her like Polaroids of her and her different makeups that she was doing. I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Which again is also strange because you're in a dream world and here they have pictures of you in the real life. Oh, well, they're getting them from Bird Guts, George. Oh, <laughs> that's his name. okay. Oh, because he's taking pictures of her or something. Yeah, or like he's he's the spy. Yeah, and she has been in New York for a while too. They make that comment too earlier. Yeah, so like, and apparently popular enough to get posters. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't supposed to be her. It was supposed to just be a Barbie Mattel poster, I think. No, I'm pretty sure that's Barbie. Oh, okay. That's even creepier. <laughs> it is confusing. It's like, is Barbie real in this world? It, it, if it is, it, it just makes this character even more confusing. It's like, you know you're married. You were married to someone <laughs> with the same name as Barbie's husband. But it's, I'm going to say no. Yep. Yeah, there's a great... Have any of y'all ever read uh, the Astro City with uh, the character Beauty? No, no, I have not. It's it's basically Barbie, but it's like she is a like doll that comes to life, and it, she's basically the Vision in uh, Kurt Busiek's Astro City, where she is a she's like I am not human. I have no like you know reproductive organs. Like people uh, hit on me, and I'm just like okay, I have no interest in you. And she ends up becoming like this gay icon because I mean she looks like Barbie. <laughs> And like fights crime in pink, but she, you know, is constantly being rejected by men because they're like, oh, you're like cold and distant and weird because she is immediately up front. Like, I can't do anything with you. I'm not real. And so like that's a a sort of play on it. And I feel like this is also sort of a play on, you know, the on the doll. But anyway, back to back to Morpheus as we have exciting (laughs) contract readings (laughs) And it's cool to see more Morpheus. They, they sprinkle him in. I didn't really understand. I know he's talking about the land. I didn't understand what the hell is going on with Morpheus in this. I, I do kind of, but still not really. Yeah, I do. You know, again, people love real estate uh, law. So he's like, oh, I thought this uh, this compact had already expired. And he's like, well, I guess not. And you're like, what are you talking? And I think that sets up a really important thing. Yes. That Morpheus doesn't know everything that happens like even morpheus at this point can still be surprised so it kind of puts like a cap on his power he's not the all-seeing you know denizen of the dreaming that you might think he is he's just doing his best to hold things together 
Right. Yeah, he's, I mean, you, the last, in book four, when he's like, Loki, you think you could sneak up on me, like, in my, like, palace? Uh, he is sort of omnipotent and omnipresent there, but he's not constantly, like, he's not Mr. Sandman giving you a dream, like, every single night. And he's like, you guys... I have people who take care of this. Yeah, play <laughs> yeah. amongst yourself. I'm busy doing contract things. <laughs> I'm busy getting captured. <laughs> so. yeah, for 70 years or whatever. I do like the scene because, again, the one of the big themes of this whole story has been Morpheus is he's very aloof and kind of an asshole. Yes, he is. And yeah. so, so when... What's her name? Nuala is like, oh, by the way, I warned Barbie. I wasn't su- sure if I was supposed to, but I did just because I know something bad could happen. And he is like, OK. And then he's like, that will be all. And then stops and comes back and is like, that was actually the right thing to do. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> he's such an a- I mean, he's such an asshole at first. I mean, he's adjusting, you know, like you can really you really do see him growing as the series progresses. Yeah, it's it's the, you know, um, John Hamm in Mad Men, where it's just like if he gives you a crumb, you're like, oh, my God, thank you for being nice to me. Like you're (laughs) usually just like all business and such an ass that, you know, the fact that you acknowledge me as a person. Wow. Thank you for doing the literal bare minimum you could do. (laughs) Right. Where, yeah, he's I mean, yeah. And I think that's good. Good management there by dream. He's he's. (laughs) Giving positive <laughs> feedback. She's happy. Oh, uh, okay. You're not you're not only sending an email that's like, you screwed up again. You're like who the whole team is dropping the ball, sending an email reply all to everyone. <laughs> oh, I don't miss those. It's good, it's good to send the occasional like great job. Hey, good one, pal. Way to go. <laughs> And then we're we're brought back to the the other characters or Barbie and her weird little entourage and like his, like it starts off all happy they're in a forest they're picking fruits and getting food and they they stop to sleep in this forest and the monkey goes off I think to go search or scout for them and then like all of a sudden you know okay yeah the, the monkey didn't come back for a while they stop for the night and then all of a sudden you just find the monkey is hanging. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck, book? What the fuck? <sighs> That's all I, I mean, I'm just, like this book just constantly kept getting weird to me. Poor print. Yeah, I do. You know, again, they're so like adorable and you're in this like Wizard of Oz type thing. And you're like, oh, everybody's going to be OK. And you're just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's going to be OK by the end of this. It reminds me. Um, uh, have, have you all ever read uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing? No, not yet. Yeah, there's there's a great he has an issue where the aliens from the comic strip Pogo come to uh, uh, the Swamp Thing Swamp. And so they don't understand that, like, Earth is dangerous. Oh, and it's like so they're they're drawn like like a children's comic strip. And it is like it's very upsetting. (laughs) Okay, this this was upsetting seeing Pernado. Hung, uh, very upsetting. But yeah, what happens to the animals in Pogo? I was like, oh no, because <laughs> they're so cute. This is why you can't trust anything. Yeah, like I was just like, I was just like, how the hell does this thing just keep getting darker? I mean, and it's just like, it's just a freaking like, you know, animal buddy in a dream. But seeing him hung, hanging there, you know, with a noose around his neck and his tongue just sticking out, I'm like, fucking A. Yeah. And then like it's shortly after that, you know, it, it shows them like, 
it jumps back to Wanda and them and, you know, with her talking to the face. I think this is when the moon starts going to hell, too. Like, the weather is starting to get bad. I think they're starting to notice something's wrong. I mean, it's not it hasn't hit the climax that it's going to hit, but I think there's a storm starting to brew. Yeah. And this is really when you start to realize that George was not, you know, he was a bad guy. But here is when you're like, oh, okay, he's a really bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's just a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. He ended up uh, there for a reason. (laughs) So that's good. And just seeing what all just happens, like the how much, like when it goes back. Okay, so then it goes back to Barbie, and this part also hit me where all of a sudden you find out that the the toucan Sam that's been with her is a traitor, and he's actually working Luz. for the cuckoo. Yeah, they send Luz into the city, and Luz comes back with the black card. Yeah, and Wilkinson yeah, and gets, they kill gets, the rat. It's his throat slit, and then they yeah. stab him afterwards. I got to make sure he's dead. Gets his throat slit graphically, too. Like, I'm like, what the hell am I reading? I'm like, and then Barbie gets captured and they handcuff her. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, There's a lot of that. There was a lot of that during this book. Like, I was constantly just going like, what the fuck? Every night as I read as I read an issue constantly. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love the disapproving look on, at the end of the issue uh, when the now evil parrot or, or Dodo or whatever it is is like, go in there. She's waiting for you. Like, he looks just so frustrated with Barbie. Mm-hmm. And going home to Barbie's dream house, or yep. at least kind of looks like it. Bar- nice Barbie's Florida dream house. Oh, <laughs> that was also really weird when they bring her to the house. Like, I was like, what? I love well, it. It's so it's so such a like period in time like it's you know i mentioned don draper earlier it is like 1962 like all the furniture is like neon striped and like (laughs) mod style just ridiculous looking yeah Yeah. and it has the it has an old record player in the back like yeah it is very 60s and the big console tv yeah like it is it is absolutely of a time and there's a really damn good reason for that well, it's her childhood house. Exactly. And then we meet the cuckoo, finally. This was fun. So I don't know much about cuckoos in general. Like, I, 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 somewhere in the back of my head, like, when as they explain things in the next issue or this issue, where what a cuckoo does, like, somewhere, that was in my head. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That is what a cuckoo does. But I didn't yeah. put two and two together at all until they told me. <laughs> yeah, some, somebody, did we skip over that? Was that last issue? Somebody reads, like, a encyclopedia entry about how cuckoos replace uh their eggs with the mother you know the mother bird's babies that's that's, in the scroll yeah that's what's in the scroll last issue from the uh tantoplin yeah so that's i guess supposed to be in your head when you're like when (laughs) young barbie shows up that wasn't in my head that i can tell you that (laughs) (laughs) it was just like yeah and when she does see the young version of herself and that's the cuckoo i was just very very confused it well, reminded the, me. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I hope the explanation makes you feel better. <laughs> it does. It helped. And then the part where when they go in the room and all of a sudden you see the stuffed animals she has in the room are Martin Tenbones, the shrew, the the, the traitor toucan, and the, <laughs> the monkey. I'm like, okay. And then she's, there's a, there's a Barbie doll in the room. Yeah. It, um, it all made sense. But yeah, it reminded me so much. And again, maybe it's just because I uh, i know some people don't like it as much as a Fallout game. But Fallout 3 has such a great scene like this 
where there's a little girl uh, who is not a little girl. <gasps> yes. Oh, you're talking about when he goes in the machine, like the black and yes. white machine. Yes. Oh, the pint size slasher. Yeah, yes. Where it's yeah, a German scientist in the body of a little girl. Like that's basically what's happening here, where she's just like, like this is your house, silly. Like, the, what do you think is going on? And then I do like Barbie's reaction. She's like, this is like a repressed memory thing, right? Like, I forgot that I was abused or something. And she's like, no, you're just, again, you're very boring. You just made up a fantasy life. <laughs> oh, but I guess the whole idea is she was going to kill her. Like, that's what the cuckoo's, it sounded like cuckoo was ready to murder her, take her somewhere and have her kill. That's yes. how I was taking it. Yes. But again, Wait, she even says, if I had to kill you, I mean, completely destroy you. I need to. And it would really make me happy. Yes. That's what, okay. That's what it was. And again, it even it's, says it it's kind of similar to the fallout thing where it's like the cuckoo is tired of this. The cuckoo has taken over Barbie's dream house and dream life. And is like, all right, I'm ready to move on. I've been here. <laughs> I have been in this dream world for 13 minutes, which or actually it's probably more like 30 years at this point. Like yeah. when you, when you're just stuck and you can't move and it's the same thing every single day. Yeah. That could make you want to kill something. I mean, it does. <laughs> to be fair, it does. Yeah, I, I do like the art of just because I think sometimes McManus makes her face a little too Dennis the Menacey. Yes. But but when you see again, see the scale and like the bows in her hair and everything, it's so the contrast of like she's got these, you know, evil henchmen soldiers <laughs> that she's ordering around. Like, it's just so funny. I love how she like goes from like looking like a child to looking 60 <laughs> in on the same page. Yeah, even that's because they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're good at what they do. <laughs> yes. And and then you see New York and this is when you really see that the storm is hitting so bad and everything is just getting destroyed. I I, I thought that, I, I really like that. And then they even make a comment like for some reason they have a comment like, oh, Jim Morrison, but not the, not the famous Jim Morrison. I'm like, why did you like that's just strange to me. But that's where you went with this. That's uh, just drive time radio. <laughs> I like it, though. I like the fact that there's, uh, you know, Jim Morrison Doors references. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm okay with this. I appreciate where you're going. And then you see the the women from earlier walking on the moon's path to get into the dream world, where they're, like, actually literally walking on a path into the moon. Like, you know, I mean, they had no idea what they were doing. Like, they were not, Hazel and and, and Foxlove were not aware of them, what, you know, what's happening in New York. Festival was, obviously, but they were, they had no idea. And I, I do like, I really got, I really did like that part. Of them doing that. Yeah. Having and I do pretty much be tricked. I do like Fessily. You know, she's not, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a, uh, you know, D&D campaign with Fessily because she's immediately like, she's like, we're going directly to the cuckoo. We're dealing with this right now. And they're like, but what about Barbie? And she's like, look, we're going to run into her. Like, that's how this stuff happens. <laughs> she like, doesn't give a shit about Barbie. She's just there to do one thing. She's like, look, I'm genre savvy enough. I know where I'm going and exactly what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go find the cuckoo. I'm going to have a little talk. Like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, they come across the shrew that got murdered, and then she uses his blood to talk to him. And he's like, I'm dead. <laughs> Leave me alone. I picture him. His voice is like the like maybe the gopher from Winnie the Pooh or something like that. Just like a very streetwise English voice. I like that idea. That's an interesting idea. I don't know. In death, I just maybe it's the coat, but I can't get Matt Ryan out of my head. (laughs) It's the coat. It's got to be because it's like, I don't know why, but Wilkinson gives me mad, heavy Constantine vibes. 
<laughs> because he has a leather jacket like Constantine. This is a DC novel. Yeah. And, and there's already been established presence of Constantine's in the past. Yes. In Sandman. Yes. So I, that's and just, <laughs> and I, that's actually just such a weird character. Like, Oh, so freaking strange. Like I, I, I look forward to, to, to when she comes back in this though, for sure. She's my hero. And then it jumps back to the real world where Wanda is still in the room with Barbie. And then, yeah, that's when she sees the dog lady from earlier is outside getting, you know, hurt by the storm. And then she rushes out to go save her, which I think leads to both their demise in the end. Mm, they would have died no matter what. Okay. Yeah, you're right. The whole building collapses on them, right? Or something. Yeah. And we do get uh, Fox Club and Hazel. Uh, they finally have a conversation about two issues ago. Uh, Thessaly being like, well, you're pregnant. <laughs> Where she's like, ah, you're pregnant, huh? You're a moron. <laughs> and then it's just like, do you have any idea how expensive a baby's going to be? <laughs> and they hold hands because uh, she's she wants to have a baby with uh, Hazel, even though Hazel's a moron who was tricked into getting pregnant. And it's it's a real relationship. Fox is pissed. <laughs> yeah. But she still loves Hazel in the end. And that's yep. just. Well, damn it. That's just adorable. That's a real issue. I mean, where you, you know, you care about a person, you care about them, you know, and you accept things. I mean, it wasn't a malicious act. It wasn't, you know, it was a more experimental act and led had had consequences. (sighs) This is why you shouldn't drink children. That too. (laughs) Drinking bad. (laughs) But uh, then with Barbie, they finally, the cuckoo drags her body to some weird stone with like, is that supposed to be Japanese writing on it then? Looks like katakana, yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Just do. Like, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I'm like, why is she bringing her here? Like, what is happening? Like, I was just so fucking confused. And then I was also more confused when Thessaly picks up the bird and just ki- oh, because she thought the bird was a cuckoo, so she just chokes the bird. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the cuckoo again. She's doing the thing where she's just uh, lying to everyone in print. Filling in. Has Luz say, yeah, I'm the cuckoo. Okay, so fun thing, that is actually Katakana on the okay. stone. Uh, that uh, is Dream. Oh! So, uh, That's there you cool. go. Now we know what it means. Mm-hmm. Glad to help. <laughs> you did help. Uh, and then, like, and then Barbie wakes up and, and breaks the, the, the stone that she's had this time on the monument, and I guess that ends this world or something like I just I was very confused what was happening in this part it gets explained more as the story goes on okay like, like they oh, do go issues? back to this yeah okay yeah. yeah the character that he gives a name to it's a, a hint that there's more to this which character got a name the one what's her name um, starts Ali- with an- Alianora yeah starts with an A yeah, and she's wearing like a wedding dress style, like white dress, and has a big scar on her face. I'm scrolling through to try to find. Oh, okay. Yes. No, yeah. I see. Okay, so this is like her land or something, right? Yes. Yes. And the cuckoo Remind- was stuck there because of contracts. <laughs> it reminds me of what is it? Zelda 2 from the NES, where they're like, okay, you save Princess Zelda. Now save her like great great grand, you know, mother who's been in a coma this whole time. Whereas, like, yeah, Eleanor also here. here. How long has she been here? Don't know. She's been here for a long time. Uh, and it's just weird when when Morpheus shows up too, because it's like that's when he explains about the land and 
uh, I was just very confused about everything. And then, like, he knows who Thessaly is, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Thessaly says she's old. Uh, and he, he's pretty pissed. And then I think the cuckoo. Yeah, and Thessaly still wants to kill the cuckoo because she killed the wrong cuckoo. And then he just doesn't. She just. Fl- he just. I think he. What? He just kind of has her fly off. Well, that's next issue. But I think he just has her leave. Like, yeah, she's free now. Well, yeah. So <laughs> she's like. Her life is mine, and I demand uh, my rights. And he's like, do you know where you are? Like, what you did to get here? Like, like you don't get to demand anything. Like, you're literally intruding here, and you made a huge mess getting here. Yeah, and this is when you really see, like, what she did. Like, what what effect it's having on the world. Because it shows back in New York, the the building is just co- is collapsing. Oh, yeah. They're all in. Well, yeah, speak, speaking of Zelda, great. she's bringing the moon down on everyone. This is yep. a completely different Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, this is when Wanda and then the the, the, the lady of scared of dogs both are killed, but Barbie survives. And you just see the whole building just crumble in the last couple panels. Yep. I mean, and Thessaly ha- was aware of what she was doing. She knew by going into the moon world, yeah, it's going to fuck everything up. Didn't care. Already messed up. But hey, if you're like, what, thousands of years old or however old she is, I guess you just don't care anymore. Yeah. Pretty single-minded. <laughs> I gotta get revenge on this on this creature that tried to kill me in the dream world, so let's go! I might yeah, kill a thousand other people. Let's go! <laughs> I get it. I get it. I understand where she's coming from. I also gotta say, this Sandman likes to have really tragic things happen to random people. Like, the first arc, you have, you know, Dr. Destiny, where he's ruining the world. I think you had something happen with the dollhouse, too. Like, you just have terrible things happening that are because of like the events that you're reading about, even though you don't see the imp- you don't see the impact on the rest of the pe- on the rest of the people, other than like radios. You know, that's the real world, man. Things happen yeah. every day. Like horrible, awful things happen every single day. And who are you to say that Morpheus isn't involved? You can't. <laughs> uh, and in the in the last issue, when they're back in the dream world, like yeah, this is when the cuckoo just turns into a bird and flies away. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting, and again, I, I, I think this is another reason why people don't like this arc, because there is no big final showdown with the Cuckoo. There is no, like, the Cuckoo and Thessaly get in a battle. Like, it's literally, he's like, okay, well, you guys, I mean, the Cuckoo did it, like, but Barbie did it technically. So uh, I'm I'm shutting down this dream world. I'm, I'm turning this, you know, I'm permanently deleting this save. Um, and... The cuckoo is like, well, that is what I wanted. So good, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, Morpheus grants Barbie a boom. And Barbie can use it to kill the cuckoo. Barbie can use it to remake the dreamland that she just destroyed. But she doesn't. Well, she sends everybody home and, and safe. Because, yes. I mean, technically, he. I don't, from what I understood, from what I was reading, he wasn't, Morpheus was not going to let them leave. The way they came, <laughs> so no. you're just gonna leave them there in the dream, but they're not in, but they're like physically in the dream. Yeah, I mean, it's not really his problem. No, he's like, yeah, you guys broke the law, you guys broke the rules. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, work it out with Celine, I guess. The moon. <laughs> uh, and then you, I do like how she brings him back, and that's how I mean, that's the only reason I'm assuming they survive because. I thought Barbie had survived because she had the, the pendant to keep to protect her, but the pendant's broken. So the only reason why I think she survives the building collapsing is because of Morpheus. I'm assuming. Yep, that's okay. my thoughts too. That and she specified is- safe and sound, and he was like, "Well, since you said that, it's going to take a bit." Yeah, you lived now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, do love. Powerful. I do love 
you know, the cuckoo is like, uh, when she says like, hey, I'm going to use this to send my friends back safe and sound. The cuckoo's like, I can leave. And Barbie's like, fine, go. I don't want to talk to you. And she's like, thank you. And flies off. And Barbie, despite herself, is like happy. Because again, she's a good person. <laughs> and Thessaly is like, damn it. <laughs> I wanted to kill it. <laughs> I wanted to kill it. Tried to kill me. Gonna kill it. <laughs> like, she <sighs> is not going to let go of that grudge. She's like, I hate that bird. And I still want it dead. I don't care what it is. Uh, and then it kicks back to Barbie in the present time, which you see her in just a random diner's room, but she's doing the makeup thing. But this time she drew on her face, supposed to be like the, the net that you have when you're mourning someone. Oh, uh, veil. veil. Yes. That's words. So, and, and it's just, again, I, I, I like the fact that she just does that, that the makeup like that, that, you know, and this is when she kind of, when she's meeting with Wanda's aunt, who only refers to Wanda as Elvin. Oh, yeah, I mean, and again, they make her seem, they make all of them seem like asshole type characters, and it fits that they won't, you know, recognize, you know, her as the way she wants to be. Yeah, that they're like, this is my son's funeral, so this is an important day for our family. And it's like, shut up. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of shows her reflecting on what happened, how, you know, everybody was dead in the building, and they find her somehow alive. Just fine. Well, because Morpheus. Mm-hmm. So, somehow they're like, I guess uh, that guy's face got torn off. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, yeah, he, he was in the bathtub and yeah, really nasty. <laughs> it was crazy. We don't know why there are nail holes in his eyes or his tongue. It must have been the way the building collapsed that it just skinned his face off perfectly and then put it in a different area of the. Yeah, so weird. Yeah, it's like a Final Destination movie where there's just like the truck with like the thing hanging precariously off where just, yeah, like a board with a nail and it just went right through his face. It's absolutely bizarre i we don't know what happened we're very confused <laughs> but then you know uh, barbie's just too good yeah it is like weird she, i mean it's just like again despite herself like she still gets like hit on by gross yokels like you're too attractive <laughs> like despite wearing like crazy makeup and and trying to not look like this people are still like it's barbie Oh, people are assholes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Oh, I, I mean, it's, they do a good, and then the, I was, and then they, she gets taken to the, the, the funeral essentially. And the family's just a bunch of assholes. Cause they won't recognize. Cause they don't even put Wanda's name on the tombstone. They make, you know, they only put what, you know, the name that they gave her, which is Elvin. And it's like, I get it. I mean, I get what the like. I like what the comic is going for because again, it you know it makes sense. There's people that just will not recognize that their kids, you know, they won't recognize the kids for who they are. They only see them as what they want to see them as. I think this does a good job of, of really kind of communicating that. It really does. And in the end, Barbie wins. I like how she crosses off the name, and I, I did like it where she buys the comic of Hyperman, which is essentially Superman, and it's the, yeah. and it's the. One from the dream, and then you know all the creepy guys at the comic book store hitting on her and stuff. But you know, that, yeah, Wanda was Water. a good friend, and good friends deserve that. They also deserve having their true name written on their tombstone in tacky flamingo. <laughs> I like that she does that with lipstick. Oh man, and that's probably cheap lipstick too. It's probably going to be there for a minute. It's going to stain that stone. <laughs> Hopefully. And then she just gets in the car and then you I do like how you then you you have she talks about where she's having a dream at when she was on the bus where you see Wanda, but Wanda in a more feminine picture with death standing next to her. And I really, really like that. 
Yep, yeah. and that's basically just like, hey, time to go. Time to go, girl. Let's roll. Yeah, and she's in the form that she should be in. Yeah. And I, I really, I thought that was really cool. And I, I just like seeing death, too. So that was also cool. Just uh, just kind of sprinkle her in. Yeah, not a lot of lines for death uh, this chapter, but yeah, it's, it's always good to see her. I mean, I'm sure death, she's in more. Death oh, is yeah. too busy being amazing. And then I, then the last, the last couple panels are just, she just drops off Barbie at the bus stop and drives away. And you just see Barbie walk into a bus and that's it. And he even says, that's all. And so to kind of go to your earlier point, Chris, like that, I think that is a big reason why people didn't like this because it doesn't have any type of big conflict or anything. It, it, it's a very just centered story. You know, there's no, I mean, there's not really a villain. The cuckoo is not a villain. Yeah. The cuckoo is sort of the antagonist, but it's like, they get what they want, which is they wanted this to end. They wanted to get out. And they, Barbie sort of gets, I mean, she just sort of moves on. It's, you know, we're learning more about the dream world and how all this stuff works. But, you know, and, and I guess we had, we learned more about these characters. We're introduced to them, but there isn't a big payoff where you get that catharsis of, I'm glad to see they got what's coming to them. It's like even the, um, you know, the bigots that she meets, like she doesn't say anything to them. She's like, okay, well, they suck, but I'm not going to like make a scene at their daughter's funeral just because they're, you know, dead naming them on their tombstone. I'm going to wait until um, they leave. They leave. (laughs) They draw a lipstick, cheap lipstick. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there's not even the catharsis of yelling at you know these people and you know showing them that they're wrong or whatever it's like there's not that payoff that uh, superhero comics have trained readers to expect like that's what normally happens it's very much homer asking marge i don't get it is this a good ending or a bad (laughs) ending and marge (laughs) saying it's an ending sometimes that's enough (laughs) like and that's that's how life is sometimes, man. Life doesn't always have to have a bad ending or a good ending. Sometimes it's just, you know, that's the end of one adventure and it just it's time to move on to another one. In the great words of Picard, sometimes you can you can do everything right and still lose. That's not failure. That's life. But that's not weakness. That's life. But like nobody loses when, here. Is that when data couldn't beat that yes. uh, computer game or <laughs> Yes, yes it is. <laughs> That's what I was going for. I remember that one. But yeah, Great I, fucking episode, by the way. It is yes. really good. But I think, yeah, I think that's part of why people don't like it is there isn't a, an epic showdown. There isn't, you know, even, you know, Lord of the Rings has sort of an anti-epic showdown where, you know, he puts a ring in a fireplace and uh, kills all the villains that way. And then, the you know, has PTSD for the last like third of the book and the last like 10 minutes of the movie. So it's like it's hard to show that part of, you know, this kind of high adventure thing, which is it's not really a high adventure except for like two issues. I mean, you only see Barbie's world, no pun intended, for that little bit. The rest of it is kind of an ensemble of everybody. And it's nice having having, you know, having something different like that. That's what makes Sandman so interesting. Like all these books are just so different. Any last things you guys want to say before we go on to Shelf Stacker Box? It's good. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's oh. good and um it uh like i read this during my lunch break at work and i was like i have to like go like to the restroom and make sure i look okay before <laughs> i go back and to work that people are like hey did something happen <laughs> i read a traumatizing comic yeah <laughs> all right we'll go to shelf stacker box and i'll go first 
I'm going to put this in the stack. I enjoyed it, but I don't see myself revisiting this one because it is creepy and I don't like seeing faces stacked to walls, but I'm really, really glad I read it. And I am so much enjoying going through Sandman. Unfortunately, slowly, but still greatly enjoying it. Uh, what about you, Ken? Oh, it's going on the shelf for me. I just, I'll always keep reading it. I think, much like Neil Gaiman, I like this one maybe a little bit more because everybody hates it so much. That's fair. And I I think there's a lot of really interesting ideas about reality and what it is, what it isn't, what it can be, that are just really, you know, it's cool. It's cool. I like it. They're good stuff. That's all. Okay. Okay, I can. I like that. And what about you, Chris? I, I will also, uh, so it's what, shelf, stack, and box were the options. Shelf being something you really like, stack being in the middle, box being something you didn't. I, I will also uh, shelf it. Um, I I like the first couple arcs of Sandman, but I, I as we talked about whenever we <laughs> talked about those, I was a little colder on it's a little bit more just Swamp Thing where he's he's very, you know, there's so, so many DC Comics references in those early books. And he's really it's it, he's making a horror book. Uh, this is a horror book, but it's not Swamp Thing's horror, uh, really. I really feel like he's finding, you know, a very unique voice. And the art, I mean, it's the art is so good. McManus's art uh, and Colleen Doran for the one issue. I feel like it, he does the horror stuff and he does the funny animal stuff so well together. Uh, and it doesn't seem like it should work. You should just be like, well, this is stupid every time you see a... a <laughs> you know, a uh, shrew wearing a press hat, your brain should just reject it. But it's just like, it's so stylized and cartoony. Uh, and then you just have these very realistic faces in the real world. Like, I just love the art. And the first couple of arcs are good. I like the art, but they're very much like impressionistic. Everybody's proportions are out of, you know, uh, out of joint. And you're kind of like, okay, this is a, a deliberate choice, but it also is hard to follow sometimes. And this doesn't really have any of those issues. Like, I just think it's really well done storytelling by the artists. Okay. And it's hopefully, well, sooner than how long it took us to get around to this, I will order the next art, which is Fables and Reflections. Because I need to make myself just get through these. So. Yeah, now we're rolling. I really like this one. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I know nothing, which is, it, it's so fun going into this with absolutely no idea what you're, what I'm, what I'm getting into. That is nice. So, yeah. And, Chris, where can people find you at? You can find me on some of my friends read comics uh, with Vince Goodwin and Kia. And we are, uh, you know, biweekly book club, uh, kind of like this, uh, that, but we only do comic book <laughs> book club. And you can also find me on Your Stupid Minds, uh, my bad movie podcast. Uh, for the book club, we just recently did uh, Secret Invasion, a book that I really hate uh but it was it's an april fool's episode uh and so i got to talk all about how that book is uh not only ugly and plotless it also uh has a bunch of bad 2000s politics in there too so about aliens that don't speak english and are religious extremists so it's good when people just kill them and don't figure out what they want oh okay so uh, it's uh, that's good. That's what we like out of you know Captain America and Hawkeye, right? They should murder their their political enemies. Look, <laughs> we've come out of a period of time where politics has been a nightmare. So I don't know. Maybe they're onto something. 
<laughs> yeah, these religious fundamentalists, we should, uh, I, don't speak our language. We should kill them all and, and let uh, their gods sort them out. But anyway, so I, we did Secret Invasion. And then uh, for my other podcast, Your Stupid Minds, we just did an episode featuring uh, twin brothers who made a series of movies together called The Barbarian Brothers, a movie called Twin Sitters. It's kind of like Hulk Hogan's Mr. Nanny, but if it was two babysitters and they're babysitting a pair of twins. Oh my God! Yes, I've heard of this. <laughs> I have not. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Right. It's it's pretty stupid. Oh yeah. Believe it or not, it sounds it <laughs> like it's, it's the horrible. cinema classic that was Mister Nanny. This is the ripoff version. <laughs> well, first off, don't don't you know malign Mister Nanny in my presence. All right. Mr. Nanny, Suburban Commando, the collected cinema of Terry Bolia is, it's important. Yeah. Was he Terry Bolia in those movies or was he Hulk Hogan in those movies? Because those are two different people. You know? I think he was Terry Hulk Hogan Bolia. In a- yeah. <laughs> like, you got to put all your names in there. Uh, I, I watched the documentary about the whole trial thing with him and that's why I'm making that joke. Oh, God. Uh, where he's like, Hulk Hogan is a 10-inch dick, but not Terry. Terry doesn't, but Hulk Hogan does. He's like, aren't you? He's like, no, no, I'm not Hulk Hogan. I'm Terry. Like, that's a fuck. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he, Hulk Hogan is a character that he basically has lived as. It's <laughs> like, they should. there should be a Sandman issue about Hulk Hogan because the wild lies he has believed. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, please. <laughs> All he, right. he, he lives in a dream world where he... <laughs> was almost the guitarist in Metallica. Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, you can hear the rest of our Sandman episodes. You see links in the show. There will be comics, movies, TV shows, games. We do all sorts of stuff. So, And you can go to Podbean and search everything you want to find. Just type in a word and see what comes up. You know, there's a good chance you type in a random word. You might, you're going to find a list of episodes. I do so much. We do so much stuff on this show. So over 450 episodes so far. Woo-hoo. So definitely go check all that out. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Free. You can follow her on TikTok. And if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon for a little dollar. You can vote in our Patreon poll. You'll see a link in the show notes. Also, we'll see a link in the show notes to our Discord channel. Please join that and chat with us. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out too. Check out Chris's shows. You'll see a link in the show notes to those also. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. So long.